And we're going to look at this, this minor prophet. Did Psalm 73 help anybody in here? Raise your hand. Amen. Well, this is just a continuation of Psalm 73. So let's, we're just going to look at the first four verses. The burden which Habakkuk, the prophet, did see. O Lord, how long shall I cry? And thou will not hear. I even cry out unto thee of violence, and thou wilt not save. Why dost thou show me iniquity and cause me to behold grievance? For spoiling and violence are before me, and there are that raise up strife and contention. Therefore the law is slapped, and judgment doth never go forth. For the wicked doth compass about the righteous, therefore wrong judgment proceedeth. Father, Speak for your glory in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, let me ask you a question it's just to get started. Have you ever had a time or times in your life where things just didn't go your way? Have you ever had times in your life where things didn't go your way to the point that you looked and you really wondered, God, I don't understand why this happened or why this didn't happen that I thought would happen. And sometimes you just get very perplexed concerning what's took place in your life. Or maybe it's you like Habakkuk here, and maybe you have been asking God for something and trusting God for something, and yet it seems like heaven is silent. And it seems like nothing has taken place. And you don't understand it. You don't know why. Well, I want to tell you, if those times have ever happened in your life, this book is for you. Because that's really the crux of this book. Now, this book, Habakkuk, his Hebrew name means to embrace. His name means to strongly embrace. Now you say, well, why is that significant? Because here's what Habakkuk had to learn in his dialogue with the Lord. There's three prayers of Habakkuk in this book. And what Habakkuk had to learn was that he had to continue to embrace the Lord by faith even when... To Habakkuk, the Lord made no sense whatsoever. What God told him made no sense. What God didn't do made no sense. And what God was going to do made no sense. And Habakkuk had to learn to trust God. God was sovereign and God was in control when he really did not understand why God was doing what he was doing and why God was saying what he was saying. Have you ever been there? Amen. This is what this book is about. Now, I want you to look at the first four verses here and kind of give you a little bit of understanding of what is taking place. The first thing you see in verse 1 is the burden of Habakkuk. And you say, what do you mean the burden of Habakkuk? 
Well, it says, the burden which Habakkuk the prophet did see. So there was something that initiated or constituted this burden. What was it? What he saw. Now, here's the thing. The word burden here means a heavy weight. So in other words, whatever Habakkuk saw to him was like an overwhelming weight upon him that he really didn't know how much longer he could stand up under it. Now you say, well, what was this burden? Well, let me kindly take you through this just a minute. The historical backdrop of this book, most Bible scholars will agree that Habakkuk wrote this by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit during the time or just after the reign of Jehoiakim. And you say, why is that important? Well, because before that, you had the king Josiah, which brought great revival and repentance to the land of Judah, the southern kingdom. But then his son took his place and only lasted three months, and then Jehoiakim took his place and lasted for 12 years. And here was the drastic difference between Josiah and those after him. They had a disregard for the law of God. They had a disregard for what God had to say concerning how they were to live. And what began to take place is a slow progression began to take place where the southern kingdom of Judah, of Israel, began to migrate away from the truth of God, began to give themselves to idolatry and to contention and to strife and to many other wicked practices. And Habakkuk sees this going on. And when he sees this going on, he says, listen, this is a burden upon me. Now, I don't know about y'all, but does that sound like America to y'all? And, and so what we see here is the burden of Habakkuk. Now, I want you to see two things about this burden that you and I need to understand and grasp. The one first thing is his willingness to see. It says the burden of Habakkuk the prophet did see. You say, what do you mean the willingness to see? Because here is the reality. Habakkuk was willing to see the condition of Judah no matter what it was. Now you say, well, why is that important? Because here's what most of us do. We just want to look at the positive and we don't want to see what's really going on. We don't want to see what the culture is really like. We don't want to see what the church in America is really like. We don't want to see what truth is being called truth that ain't truth is being taught in America today. We don't want to see these things. I live in my own world. I take care of my own life. Whatever else happens, happens. I got news for you. We need to open our eyes because if we don't open our eyes, who's going to stand in the gap for this mess. You see, Habakkuk, wasn't an overwhelming burden upon him, it was. But he had a willingness to see. But I want you to see a second thing. His wisdom to see. You see, it's one thing to see the condition of the people through your own eyes. It's another thing to see the condition of your people through the eyes or the Word of God. And Habakkuk didn't see the condition of Judah through his own fleshly perception. 
Habakkuk saw the, the desperation the depletion, the destruction, the degradation of Judah. He saw it, listen, through the eyes of truth. And so Habakkuk said, listen, God, I, I see what's taking place. I, I see what's beginning to happen and what has happened with your people. I see the idolatry, I see the mindset, I see the heart problem that's going on. I see it all. God, it just ain't right. Let me tell you something. Tell you the burden of this preacher. The burden of this preacher in this day is in America we have lost discernment concerning the Word of God. Now all of a sudden what takes place in our convention, in most churches, you look at it and you take the Word of God and you take the Word of God and you analyze it through the Word of God and you go, what in the world are they doing? But yet people don't see it. People think it's okay. People think, here's what people think today. Are y'all still loving me? I'm going to get on my soapbox. I promise I'll get off of it. Here's the truth of the matter. Here's what people view the Word of God as today. People view the Word of God, well, that's your interpretation. That's not my interpretation. Well, I got news for you. It don't matter how you interpret it, and it don't matter how I interpret it. God's already interpreted it. So therefore, if I don't come to the place of being in line with how God interpreted it, then guess what? I'm wrong. You're wrong. We're all wrong. Amen. But yet, people see the Word of God as just relevant to their own interpretation. I was talking to a preacher that had an issue in his life. And I said to him, I said, you can't do this because the Word says this. He said, well, that's your opinion of it. Guys, listen. When we come to the place where we take the Word and we sift it through our opinion, we are in trouble. But Habakkuk, he looked upon the people of Judah. He saw the lifestyles of the people of Judah. And here's what Habakkuk determined. This is not right. Something's got to change. Let me put it to you one other way and I'm going to move on. What the people of Judah had learned to accept as being okay was unacceptable to Habakkuk the prophet. I'm going to say it again. What the people had come to accept as being okay was unacceptable to the prophet Habakkuk. Why? He had wisdom in what he saw. It wasn't just a matter he saw. Well, you know, we got some problems going on, but we're always going to have problems going on. It'll be okay. No, no, no. He saw, listen, we got a problem going on, and it's far worse than what we think it is. And if God don't intervene, if something don't happen, we're in trouble. I got news for you. Listen to me, Liberty. If God doesn't do something in America, we're in trouble. Amen. And by the way, praise the Lord for the Supreme Court. Amen. I'll just throw that out extra credit. <laughs> Habakkuk had a willingness to see, but he had wisdom to see. 
I want you to see, secondly, not only the burden of Habakkuk, but the brokenness of Habakkuk. What did this burden that he saw, how did it affect him? Well, look with me in verse number 2. He said, Oh, Lord, how long shall I cry? And thou will not hear. Now, I want you to listen to me real quick. Is it true God wasn't hearing him? Absolutely not. But did Habakkuk perceive that God wasn't hearing him? Absolutely he was. There's two times in this verse you see the word cry. They're two totally different Hebrew words. The first one is the word cry that just means crying out for help. God, would you help us? God, would you intervene for us? And here's what Habakkuk is saying. Habakkuk is saying this. How long, Lord, have I got to continue to cry? Ask for help concerning the defilement that I see in the people of Judah. Now, here's what's overlaid on this passage, okay? Number one, it was a patient cry. A lot of times you'll read the first part of Habakkuk and you think, well, Habakkuk just didn't have any patience at all. Well, I got news for you. He exercised a lot of patience. You say, how do you know? Because he's, look at the word. How long shall I cry? What's the overlying emphasis there? I've been crying for a long, long time, God. But Habakkuk didn't see anything taking place. You see, he was patient. But it was a passionate cry. Look at the second part of that verse. Even cry out unto thee of violence. This word cries a totally different Hebrew word. This word means this. It means to cry out in agony, anguish, to scream aloud. In other words, for how long? Nobody knows. But Habakkuk cried out to the Lord, Lord, we need your help. We need you to intervene. We need your help. We need you to intervene. We need your help. And there came a point where it got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And Habakkuk finally said, Oh, God, we need you. Oh, Lord. How long have you been praying for some family members that are lost? Don't lose heart. Keep praying. How long have you been praying for a society that has fallen by the wayside of humanism and sin? Self-centeredness. Let me tell you something. Don't stop praying. Here's the reality. Habakkuk patiently cried out to the Lord, but passionately cried out to the Lord. One man said it this way, we cry the louder the more we cry from the heart. Well, that's a good word. We cry the loudest the more we cry from the heart. When your burden, what you see, really begins to impact your heart, here's what's going to happen. Brokenness will set in. And when brokenness sets in, I promise you, your cry unto God will be a passionate cry. 
What happened to the days, folks? Where altars and prayer meetings were full of tears and people crying out to God. Where's those days went? How many of y'all remember those days? Say amen. Habakkuk was burdened. Habakkuk was broken. Revelation chapter 6, this terminology, how long shall I cry, is not new to Scripture. I could show you several examples in Scripture, but Revelation 6, in the time of the tribulation, when the martyrs cry out to God, who have been killed because of their faith, and they cried out with a loud voice saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell upon the earth? How long? How long? It was a passionate cry. It was a passionate cry. But it was a perplexed cry. Habakkuk just did not understand. I entitled this message, When God Seems Indifferent. It's a good depiction of how Habakkuk is seeing the lack of answer from God. Now listen to me just a minute. Every time you pray, there's three possible answers you're going to get. No. Many times the answer no comes through silence. Yes. That's when you mark it out in your prayer journal. Praise the Lord. Not right now. You see, God wasn't saying no to Habakkuk. Notice what it says. What was he perplexed about? Look what it says. He says he cried out to him. He said, I've cried, and thou wilt not save. Here's what Habakkuk said to God. God, I've cried, I've trusted you, I've cried, I've trusted you, I've cried, I've trusted you, I've cried, I've trusted you. Now I'm crying, I'm screaming unto you in anguish and in agony. And God, you're just indifferent. You're just not going to, you're not going to help us. And that's what he's saying. Now we know that's not true, but the problem is God's going to answer that prayer next Sunday morning. Are y'all with me? Say amen. The problem is, he ain't going to like the answer. But, but here's what he's saying. Now you say, well, what was he so perplexed about? Well, I'm going to give you two things. Number one, the delay of God. You see, Habakkuk perceived that God was just delaying. He, he was just being laid back and not being forefront or aggressive, if you will. And he just perceived that God was delaying. You say, why was this so important to Habakkuk? Because, listen, Habakkuk was a tender-hearted man that loved the people of Israel and loved the law of God, and he just wanted to see God's people walk in God's truth. Do you? How many of you times, listen, let's just be transparent in here. How many of you agree sometimes you get frustrated seeing people that say they're Christian living like the world? 
Well, number one, they may not be a Christian. But Habakkuk just, he said the delays. And let me put it to you another way. Here's what Habakkuk's really saying. God, why in the world are you not doing something about this? You, you want it just in plain language? There it is. God, why in the world are you not doing something about this? Why are you letting us keep going? Why are you letting us go on? Now remember, you, where's Habakkuk pulling this from? Well, remember earlier in Israel's history, a man picks up the sticks on the Sabbath and Moses said, what do you want me to do about it? God said, stone him to death. You remember what God said to Israel earlier? He said, there's a mount of cursing and a mount of blessing. He said, if you walk in the law of God, I'll bless you. If you don't, I'll curse you. I mean, this is the basis which Habakkuk is living off of. And so what he's seeing is Judah living in outright open sin. And he said, now wait a minute, God, you just don't see, you just don't seem like you're, 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 you're connected here. You, you seem indifferent about this. You stoned a man that picked up sticks, but you won't do anything about Judah living in wickedness. Now I want you to listen to what I'm about to say. God didn't do anything wrong. Are y'all hearing me say amen? I'm saying this is how Habakkuk saw it, how Habakkuk perceived it. Because he couldn't understand. It didn't make sense. You say, well, why couldn't he understand? Because here's the way. His ways are greater than our ways, and his thoughts are greater than our thoughts. If you think you can figure God out, you are in trouble. God had a purpose. God had a plan. Listen, God had a plan all along. It just wasn't happening the way Habakkuk thought it ought to happen. Not only the delay of God, but the ter- determination of God. It's found in that word, will not save. So what was Habakkuk's perception concerning God here? Here's what he's really saying. God, you've determined you're not going to help us. Now, number one, he was deceived. Are y'all saying amen? amen. I mean, Habakkuk was deceived here. God is going to help him. But again, he wasn't going to like what God was going to help him do. But yet Habakkuk had this mindset, Lord, I've prayed for so long. I'm crying out to you. I'm asking for help. I'm trusting you. And now I'm screaming unto you in anguish and agony. God, it must be you've just determined not to do anything. You say, preacher, I can't imagine anybody getting to that place. I got news for you. You have too. You just won't admit it. How many of y'all have something happened in your life and you just go, God, I just don't understand. Or something you've prayed about that God would turn around and God didn't turn around and, and you thought, well, God, I just don't understand. We've all been there. Well, we see the burden of Habakkuk, the brokenness of Habakkuk. Notice the bemoaning of Habakkuk. <laughs> you ever just get to the place where you just start moaning? Throw you in yourself a pity party? Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. I mean, that's where Habakkuk got. I mean, watch what he says in verse 3. He, I mean, he just flat begins to complain. Notice the complaint of the prophet here. Notice what he says. He said, God, if you're not going to do anything, verse 2, why do you continue to show me iniquity and cause me to behold grievance? Why do you let me still see this stuff? I mean, that's what he's saying. 
He said, why are you letting me see this? Why are you giving me a burden for this? Why, are you, why am I broken over this? Because it seems like God. You, you just, you're not going to do anything. Now I'm going to say it again. God's going to do a lot. But for Habakkuk, it seems like he's not doing anything. And so what we find here in verse 3 is you just find the outright complaint of a prophet. The word grievance means worrisome, toil, spoiling. Here's what it means. He said, God, you're letting me see all this is taking place in the southern kingdom of Judah. You're letting me see their iniquity. You're letting me see their sin. You're letting me see their idolatry. You're letting me see. And 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 I'm seeing it through the lens of your law, through the lens of your holiness. And God, I'm just getting more burdened and more burdened and more worried and more worried and more worried and more worried. He said, God, just don't let me see it anymore. But notice the consciousness of the prophet. Because he lays out exactly what he sees. He says, I see spoiling and violence are before me, and they that are raised up strife and contention. He said, God, I see them moving away from your word and away from your law and away from your mandates and your truth. And he said, I see the fruit of of the root of the problem. And it's beginning to manifest itself, strife, contention. Instead of a unity of a nation, I see splinters and fighting and bickering. And is this making any sense to the day we live in? We live in a day today, guys. You ask somebody their opinion about an issue, you're going to get five different opinions and they're going to fight over what their opinion is. And by the way, let me say this out of love. What Habakkuk saw was not a people problem. It was a heart problem. See, we think if God would just get the right people in place, everything will get better. I got news for you. Until God gets the heart right, you can have whoever you want in place and it ain't going to get any better. It's not a people problem. It's a heart problem. He was conscious of this. Let me show you lastly this morning. Now, y'all hang with me. I'm going I'm to throw a word at you. Y'all going to love me? Say Amen. But I purpose this word. The bleating. The bleating of Habakkuk. Now, what in the world does that mean? How many of you ever heard this? The bleating of sheep. Y'all with me? What's the word mean by definition? Here's why I used it, because it fits Habakkuk. The word means by definition. Whereby you cry out in complaint, but in the midst of your own weakness, in this case, weakness and understanding. That's what the word means. So see, Habakkuk doesn't understand what's going on. And he begins to cry out, the bleeding of sheep. And all of a sudden, Habakkuk begins to bleat before the Lord. Now listen, what's he he complaining about? Look what he says in verse 4. Therefore, the law is slacked, and judgment doth not ever go forth. That word never is an absolute negative. Never, ever, ever does it go forth. That's how Habakkuk sees it. Now listen, 
Here's a man that is weak. It's already said, I'm weary. I'm weary. You, you show me this grievance and I'm weary. I'm burdened. I'm broken. I'm yelling. I'm screaming out to you, God. And all of a sudden in that moment of weakness, he begins to just further his quarrel with God. And he said to God, here's how I see it. The law is slack. Now listen to me. What's the word slack mean? Here's a twofold definition. The word numb. You ever sat with your legs crossed for a long time or sat with your leg up on a chair and your other leg across that leg? You ever had it fall asleep? How many agree you can pinch yourself and not feel it? Becomes numb. Numb to what? Numb to the effects of whatever comes against it. Here's what was happening. Judah was so turning away from God that the law was not having any effect on him anymore. Here's the other definition for the word paralyzed. In other words, here's how Habakkuk saw it. God, the law, not only is it not having any effect, it's not even being utilized. Utilized for what? Well, watch what he says. He says here, judgment doth never go forth. You know, I, I battled over this text. Matter of fact, I called a friend of mine over this text because I battled. Is it talking about the law of God is paralyzed or judicial law is paralyzed? And, and, and at first, you know, all the scholars said it's the judicial law that was paralyzed. In other words, when man would go before the judicial system of that day, that the judicial system of that day was bringing forth judgments that were wrong and incorrect. And then I got to the point, I thought, no, that don't, that just, that by itself, that don't make sense. So I thought, well, it, it really means the law of God because that's what Judah ran from was the law of God. But then it hit me. You say, it hit you. It's both. Because what was the basis of the legal system for Judaizers? Judaism. The law. The Mosaic law. So in other words, the, the legal things that were done were on the basis of what God said in the Mosaic law. But now here's what Habakkuk's saying. He said, God, he said, your law is having no effect upon them. You can pinch them with it and they don't feel it. They don't about it and therefore when they hand out justice they're not handed out justice because they don't know your law anymore let me ask you a few questions what governs your life in your life as you're living it right here right now does this word govern you what you do, what you don't do, what you say, what you don't say. Or are you numb to it? How many would agree today? The judgments that are going out in America today makes you scratch your head. You say, why? Because they have no basis where they pull them from. You say, well, preacher, how did Judah get to the place where the law of God became none to him? And the justice that was poured out 
was an incorrect justice. I want to quote a man. It's a Bible scholar that I could not find who wrote it because it was being quoted from somebody else. But I want you to listen to him. This man, I believe, hit it the nail on the head. Listen to what he says, and I'm going to quote. The people of Judah apparently felt that they were God's little pets and that he would not punish them for their sins. Probably the first time they did something evil, they were apprehensive, very concerned, wondering if God would punish them. But when he did nothing, they assumed he hadn't noticed or just didn't care. That's the day we live in. We live in a day people say, judgment's coming, judgment's coming, judgment's coming, judgment's coming. (laughs) Where is it? Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 11. Listen to what it says. Because sentence against evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Now I want you to listen to this preacher. Has God poured out His judgment upon this country or this earth? In some forms, yes, but in major forms, no. Would you all agree with that? Say amen. Amen. But I want you to hear me. Payday's coming. And by the way, say folk, the judgment seat of Christ is coming as well. Do we live under the consciousness that we're going to give an account of the words and deeds of our life? Are you starting to get a picture now of why Habakkuk was so burdened? He loved God's people. And he couldn't understand why God was continuing to let them go down this road of self-destruction as a people and as a nation. You say, why was he so burdened about it? Because he loved God's people. Something God had to do in me in my first pastorate was God had to teach me the difference between having a burden and having a worry. Because in my first pastorate, I would see people in the church that I pastored and I'd see how they lived and it would eat my lunch. You say, why would it eat your lunch? I loved them. If I didn't love them, I wouldn't care how they lived. Are y'all hearing me say amen? And I loved them. I'd stay up at night. I, I, I would wake up in the middle of the night. I'd get their, 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 mind, their name on my mind and their lifestyle on my mind and I would worry and worry and worry and worry. And finally God had to teach me there's a difference between having a burden than worrying. Because you look anywhere in Scripture, worry is sin. But burden is not bad. But here's what you got to learn. 
You cast your burdens upon him for his burdens are. And see, instead of casting them upon him and trusting him in his timing, in his way, however he chooses, I would take it up on myself. All right, I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to go to them. I need to say this. I need to say that. I don't need to say this. I don't need to say that. And here I was. I was going around trying to play sheriff with everybody. And I learned real quick that when you do that, you are absolutely going to be one miserable individual. Now, there's times God give you discernment to say something. Are y'all hearing me say amen? Well, let me show you the last thing. Not only do you see a paralyzed law in the bleeding of Habakkuk, but you see a progressive lawlessness. Notice what it says. Therefore, wrong judgment proceedeth. The wicked do compass about the righteous, and therefore wrong judgment proceedeth. Here's what takes place. When we as a people, as Judah did as a people, when they go against and turn away from the law and the truth of God's word, here's what's going to happen. Lawlessness will become commonplace. When, when Habakkuk used this term, the wicked doth compass the righteous. Here's what he's saying. Are y'all ready? Say amen. amen. Here's what he's saying. God, we're outnumbered and we're outvoted. What are we going to do? I mean, that's what Habakkuk is saying. What are we going to do? Righteous are suffering. Wicked are prospering. Isn't that what Asaph said in Psalm 73? What are we going to do? All right, here's your invitation. It's real simple. How many agree when you're seeing God manifest himself? It's easier for you to trust God and praise God. Y'all with me? If in this invitation, 25 people came up here and said, we're lost, we want to get saved. What's this church going to do? We're going to shout this building down, cry, worship God, thank you, God. We're going to go home. We're going to praise God. We're going to, man, we're going to call some friends and say, man, you ain't going to believe how at our church today. Well, 25 people got saved. Oh, isn't God good? Well, let me tell you something. He's just as good if nobody gets saved today. Amen. By the way, I pray if you're lost, you get saved today. But here's your application of this whole text. Can you trust God and praise God when you don't see God doing anything through your own physical eyes? I'm not there, people. I'm just telling you. But God's trying to teach me that I ought to praise Him and worship Him just as much when I, through my physical eyes, don't see nothing happening. And by the way, I want you to hear me. There is never a time God's not working. Are y'all hearing me say amen? amen? It's just sometimes we can't see it. But I ought to be able to praise Him and worship Him just as much then is if 25 people came up here and got saved. 
You say, I don't understand why my life has took this turn. I don't understand why this happened in my life. I don't understand why God's not done something about this. I don't understand why God didn't do this or didn't do that or did this. And I don't understand why he did this. I don't understand any of this. Here's what I'm trying to tell you today. God is God. Praise him for who he is. Because I promise you, whether you see it at work or not, he is always at work. Next week, you're going to find out. Here's what God's going to say to him. Oh, back. <laughs> you think I'm not doing anything? Oh, I'm doing something. But see, here's the problem, Habakkuk. I've not let you in on it. And you know the why I've not let you in on it? Here's the reason. Because you're not going to like it. Matter of fact, not only you're not going to like it, you're not going to understand it. It's going to make no sense whatsoever to you. But since you're bleating like a sheep, I'll tell you anyway. Guess what Habakkuk said? Can I give you an old mountain Tennessee paraphrase of what Habakkuk said when God told him what he was going to do? Are you serious? <laughs> you got to be kidding me. What's God said to you this morning? Are you numb to the word? Can you praise him and trust him when you don't see him working? Or you may be here today. And it's not that you're just numb to the Word. You have really no desire for the Word. Then they have all the love I have in me. Maybe today God's showing you what your real need is. And you need to be gloriously born again today. Whatever God's saying to you, I just want you to listen. Just obey. Father, I stand amazed. I stand in awe of who you are and how you work. Even though, Father, we all in here would confess, there's times in which you work in ways that we, just from a fleshly understanding, makes no sense at all to us. Father, I'm sure Gideon felt this way that Habakkuk is going to feel. When you told Gideon he had too many men in his army, trim it down. But Father, today, will you teach us your character, your nature has never, ever changed, nor will it ever change. And there's not one moment in our life or in the history of this world that you are not at work. You're always at work. We may not see it. We may not understand it, but you're at work. There may be people in here today, Father, that are going through times in their family or in their personal lives that, Father, they're just, they're confused, they're perplexed, they don't understand. Father, would you remind them today if they're your child? Hang on. Trust me. 
I've got this. Father, whatever you need to do this morning, I just pray we'd be transparently honest with you this morning. And we'd respond to whatever you say. In Jesus' name, and all God's children said,